Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, we're back. I know, we're back, we're back. Number one complaint I got, if I bumped into anybody... Hey, love you and Scott. Love your podcast. When the hell are you guys going to do a new one? I'm like, I know, I know. We were off for a week. We are back at it, though. We can't promise you it'll be every day this summer, but we are back at it. There okay? are 10 episodes this July. Yeah. We we have time off. We got to use it. And and that it, that's why there were so many podcasts during the spring and fall. We have less of them in the summer. But welcome to it, everyone. There's a lot to catch up on including some things that happened in the country and in the world. Mm-hmm. And we have some stuff that happened to us when we were on vacation. Um, you had an encounter with the police, which mm-hmm. was different. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll do that as a public service announcement coming up later on. And a whole bunch of other stuff, too. So let's jump to it. First off, Rogers was down like, on Friday. You know, I heard. <laughs> it's funny. I don't actually have a Rogers account of any kind right now. I, I have been a uh, Rogers customer in the past, but not at all. So I did not even realize this until like midday that something was going on on Friday because we weren't working, which by the way, in retrospect, thank God we weren't working. It sounds like hell for it, the people who were. <laughs> apparently it was just... The, the, here's the cool thing is that radio will always work, which is great. So we still would have been able to do our show, but without internet access it makes it a little more a lot more difficult to do i mean Mm -hmm. it goes to show you how much we rely on this and so many businesses were left just scrambling so i actually found out you know over social media basically and then it dawned on me like that's why i didn't get a reply from this person this morning i had called or i'd sent a text i called this person it went right to like a weird message thing like i seriously sincerely had no idea what was going on and everybody who's with any other provider myself included i'm like well I'm with TELUS for my phone, so I noticed nothing at all. You know, we were all, it's funny how many memes popped up right away from those who actually were able to send them. But what a gong show. Yeah, it was my birthday and it when was it happened. Birthday. Okay, so I'm sure there were so many people too. Now, you're not with Rogers for yourself. No. Correct? But no, there were I'm people who wanted to text you, no doubt about it, for your birthday. They were unable to do so. That's right. In yeah. fact, when I woke up on Saturday, it was a combination of, uh, sorry, I missed your birthday. Fuck Rogers. Right yeah, down yeah, to yeah, yeah. messages that I think got sent on Friday, but didn't get delivered until Saturday. Right. So, I mean, the whole thing was a mess. Rogers is out with a, it's almost a patronizing statement. It was a routine maintenance patch installation thingy that, that screwed up. And that's what took the entire network down. And that could be true. I mean, I I oh, personally sure. it could be like, true. Look, I I personally couldn't tell you the ins and outs of routine maintenance at Rogers and what it entails and does not. But this is extensive. You're telling me that they they it was a whoopsie based on a maintenance glitch. I assume Again. during maintenance. I I really doubt that. And and I know I know we're not alone. We're not alone. There's a lot of conspiracy theories though. Everything from Russian hackers to uh, to a competitor hack, to all kinds of shit. I think that what Rogers needs to do is go back and get their wonderful team of creative people, get them all in a room, and come up with an excuse that people will believe. Because Rogers, nobody believes you when you say it was a routine maintenance situation that just got fucked up. They don't believe that. Is there one person that controls the entire national infrastructure? 
one person that installed yeah. an update and it got screwed up? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Nobody believes that. Like, how does that work, too? I mean, this is this was Canada-wide, right? I mean, this isn't just one area of Canada. This was the entire country got fucked. How does that happen? Or And going forward, I know that if this is true, okay, let's base it off of this is true for a second. If this is true, you know they got to change the way they operate things. Big time. Do it by... By area, by province, even even then, though, that's a lot. Like even if all of Ontario was shut down, you'd hear about it. You'd know about it. it if I feel bad for the businesses it impacted, there were some businesses who just you couldn't go. We went out for lunch that that day, and like I said, everything's kind of normal until the point where I realized, oh, I cannot pay with with plastic, and I don't. I never have cash, so I went to the bank. The lineup at the bank, Scott. Was ridiculous. How much money did Canada's banks make in ATM fees on Friday? My sister-in-law went to went to her bank and took out two grand because she was just panicking. Like, what if it never opens again? (laughs) (laughs) She came to my house. She's like, she's like, do you need cash? I've got a lot of cash on me. I was like, what are you doing? But it's true. You can't help but think about the worst when something like that happens. Like, what if it's this? What if it's that? What if it never gets back up again? What if it takes a week even to get back up? And you need the cash is king, right? And some people are freaking out about it. Like, well, cash is king. Uh, And it's true. I mean, there's truth to it. Yeah, for a while. Thankfully, a lot of things were back up and running by the next day. But even that one day and a Friday of all days, Mm -hmm. a Friday, it was insanity. I was amazed at the lack of common sense by some employees at some businesses. So I had golfed with my dad because it was my birthday. Great. Yeah. He said, let's go for a beer afterwards. Well, where we golfed, there wasn't a lot around there. So we ended up at Mohawk Racetrack. And I thought. It's the fucking track. It's a casino. Of course there's a bar in there. Why didn't I think of that sooner? So we went there. And in all of slots there that they have at the Mohawk Casino, uh-huh. there's not one bar that you can sit at and have a beer. Not one. They have a takeout service, like a cafeteria where you can order a draft and just sort of stand around like an asshole drinking it or or walk around with it. I don't know. The cafeteria is weird, though. I've been there. Yeah, that cafeteria area, they got like roped off. Yeah. Where you eat dirty burgers and shit and then you uh, sit down at those shitty tables. Yeah, the whole thing just seems <laughs> like weird. where COVID was born. It's weird. So we, we ordered a beer and the woman says, yeah, that'll be, uh, I don't know, $16. Okay, no problem. So I went to slap down my debit card. She's like, oh, no, everything's down. Didn't you know? And I said, yeah, but why didn't you tell us that before we ordered? We assume since you took our order without saying anything that it's back up. No, no, you got to pay cash. Well, I don't have any fucking cash. Nobody has cash. So what do you want me to do here? So she's like, okay, so I guess you don't want these. And I'm thinking... Yeah, I really of wanted it. Actually, I, my fucking birthday. Did I just you say that? walked across the parking lot and went through security <laughs> to get a fucking beer. Of course, I want the beer. I, I just don't the, have any cash. I would have pulled all the cards out. Like, it's my birthday. I'm Scott Fox. Give me a fucking beer. You know, like, honest to God, why is it so hard? Why didn't you just say, hey, everybody, it's cash only? Put up a little sign by the, the till. Yeah, something. I assume the casino was working because all the slots were going off. So, I, yeah, silliness. Anyway, this Rogers issue, I don't know what caused it. I don't believe the official statement. Maybe I believed it the last time they blamed a routine maintenance patch. This time, it just doesn't seem plausible to me. It, it doesn't. And, and what are they going to do about it going forward? Well, maybe we should diversify how everything runs. You mean to tell me the entire Interact system nationwide yeah. runs on Rogers? It's a contract. 
The uh, Arrive Can app, thank God, that thing was gone for a day. But they they couldn't take Arrive Can at the border. All of this shit is contingent on one of the national providers going down. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. They need to do something. So today, the Rogers CEO, Tony Staffieri, is going to meet with Francois-Philippe Champagne. He is the National Ministry Minister of Industry. And he's already said this was unacceptable. And obviously, this is vitally important service in the daily lives of Canadians. Now he wants to know what they're going to do about it. And if I'm Rogers, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do about yeah, it. What I, I guess that do. depends what happened. Yeah. Was it a hack? Was it really just somebody installed an update that crashed the entire national cellular infrastructure? How? How? Yeah. So I don't know where this is going, but there's a lot of pissed off people. And this is just round one. Round one of the piss off. The next round's coming in roughly 30 days when people get their bill because they're expecting a credit for the day. And when you look at your cell phone bill. A two-day credit, I think they're going to give, they say. Which is going to work out to nothing. It's nothing. Because they're going to give you a credit for the actual service. We yeah. all know that our monthly cell phone bills are around 125 to 150 bucks, probably on average. Divide that by 30, you're not going to get that much in a credit. You're just not. It's not going to look very good on your bill. And especially when you consider all the business that got lost and the commerce that didn't get done, mm-hmm. it's bad. And I don't know how Ro- Rogers should just take the loss and give everybody a free month. Or let's stop screwing around. Maybe this is a good time where the the telecom industry is on the ropes and we can go to them and say, hey, you know how if somebody goes like 0.3 gigs over their data, you send them a bill for like 90 fucking dollars. But if they use, if they there's data that they don't use in a month, that doesn't roll over to the next month. You know how you guys have been playing that shell game, screwing Canadians for years? You're going to stop doing that now. Monthly unused data that doesn't get used gets rolled over to the next month, and that's all there is to it. I'm, Maybe now is the time to slap them with that shit. I mean, that's one of the ways you could do it. But I'm also thinking about like bigger picture here. Like it goes to show you what a monopoly it can be. Like what a monopoly they have. And we didn't even mention the fact that police services, like you weren't even able to call nine one one at certain points, or they couldn't receive your call, whatever it was. But that's another issue. That's fucked up. The towers were still in the sky. I yeah, mean, there's yeah. a tower right over there for Rogers and. Even a deactivated cell phone can phone 911. How was an active cell phone that was having a maintenance issue mm. not able to call 911? Even that's a major red flag. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like to me, it just goes to show what a monopoly these, these companies can be. And, you know, to be clear, we are not like our, our FM morning show, this, this station, none of us are owned by, by Rogers. I would say the same, though. It doesn't matter if it was Bell or anybody else. There needs to be something done where we separate this a little bit more. And you're right. I mean, even for the Interact contract, I understand business is business. And I guess you have to find a provider that works for you. And for whatever reason, Rogers and Interact, that's a partnership that works until it doesn't. So what if it happens again is a great question. And I don't even think that I mean, I think it could have just as easily been Bell. It's possible. Maybe not. But it's possible that that could have been the case. But something else needs to be done. It's almost like we should have a. I don't know if people would trust it, but something that's run by, you know, uh, a party that's not making money off of off of Canadians, right? That's a government-run system. Oh, I'd like but the government then, to stay as far out of it as problem, possible. But that's the problem, right? Is I understand that too. Is that's where it gets tricky. Is uh, there's a lot of people that would not want that. But there's got to be something. Is is all I'm saying. There's got to be a way to do it. 
It's it, like it's it's insanity. I uh, and companies can't seem to control their own shit. Do you notice that? Like, remember the Facebook outage? Remember mm-hmm. the Meta? It was before it was changed to Meta. That outage that happened, they couldn't even control their own security. They couldn't even control that there was a glitch they couldn't get to. And it took them days to figure it, or I think it took them like a day or so to figure it out. That's a long time for a company that big. Yeah. And then you have Rogers where this happens to them. So what is missing here? Like what's going on? Why did they cancel the weekend concert? But the Keith Urban yeah. concert did go, and so did the Roger Waters yeah, concert. Yeah. I, I don't understand that either. And it is the Rogers Center, and that's the correlation that people are putting together. I, I'm not sure the ins and outs of the Rogers Center. Maybe somebody listening works for them and understands. I'm wondering if it's a communication issue between the people working there at the concert. Because he himself, Abel, the weekend, said something about it being a safety issue and a security and safety issue. So I'm wondering if there's like a communications issue that happened there because it is Rogers. Does that have anything to do with it? I don't know, but you're absolutely right. There were concerts happening all around them. Now this is a large venue. We're talking like it was supposed to be how many people, like 50,000 people probably stuffed inside this thing. I believe it was a sold out show and he was really excited about it. I feel bad for fans though, because it took them up until like an hour and a half before the concert was set to begin for them to be like, yeah, still not going to happen, yeah. I guess. I guess. Sorry, guys. It's not going to happen. Like, you couldn't have given a warning. Like, hey, there's a good possibility this won't happen. Like, there was no indication, no indication, no indication until suddenly it wasn't happening. It's crazy to me. There should be no haggling over what the compensation is and whatever Rogers is is ordered to do. They should do it voluntarily and admit that with a massive company comes great responsibility. And if you're controlling half of the cellular infrastructure in this country and you go down for a day, even if it was for routine maintenance, you have to be accountable and somebody should stand up for Canadians. And unfortunately, I don't think anybody actually will. Mm -hmm. We all got screwed. Businesses got screwed once again. This has happened so many times over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Uh, There was a number of things that happened while we were gone that I'm going to touch on quickly before I tell you about my experience in Six Nations last night. (laughs) And and then we're going to find out why the cops were at Cat's house over the the holiday. Uh, I want to play this for you. It was a question about the high gas prices. The high gas prices are nuts. That cut that Doug kicked in, that really worked. That brought those prices down. We were down to $1.76.9 last week. Now, it's back up to $1.839, but at least the province is doing something. I mean, I'll say it. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate saving more than 10 cents a liter. I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. I'm sure it's not easy and it's creating a, a bit of a headache in the accounting department, but nonetheless, I appreciate it. The feds are not doing anything, and now we know why. Our federal finance minister and the deputy prime minister gave a news conference, and somebody asked about high gas prices. This is 28 seconds long. Try and follow the ball. From my perspective, this price increase in, in fuel costs is a reminder of why climate action is so important and why, as a country, we have to work even harder and move even faster towards a green economy. It's an insurance policy against higher energy prices from if if that makes sense Mm -hmm. to anybody good good for you you figured out whatever it was she was trying to stay she went off script in like three different news conferences last week and it was embarrassing i mean 
Holy shit. Basically, I'm not giving you an answer for that. I'm not answering to that. But what I will tell you is you should all be moving to electric vehicles so you don't have anything to bitch about to begin with. I mean, you could look at it like that. But we all know that's not realistic. Even if you no. want an electric vehicle right now, you can't get one. It's a wait list. There's like a two-year wait list for a lot of them. It's insane. Yeah. Basically, what she's saying is, and this just makes it all make sense. You need to lower your expectations, everyone. The federal government sees these high gas prices. And just like Christia said during COVID, remember when she said COVID presents an interesting political opportunity? Here we are. They have a green agenda, they say. They're going to force us into it. That's why they wouldn't cut the carbon tax. That's why they wouldn't cut the federal tax. That's why they wouldn't cut the excise tax on gas. And now we can hear from that, from the federal finance minister. She's good with it. These gas prices are intended to force people out of gas. They are going to make people broke. And they're okay with that. The federal government is okay with that. That's what she was saying indirectly in that statement. And it makes sense. I mean, interest rates are going to go up three quarters of a point this Wednesday. This Wednesday, the, the Bank of Canada is going to raise interest rates again, this time three quarters of a point. I don't think that's ever happened before. Maybe it has. It hasn't happened in a long time. What they don't, actually, I think they do understand. They know that this is inflation is not where it is right now because of interest rates. And that means you can't control inflation right now by changing the interest rates. It's just not going to happen. They want the middle class to suffer. That's exactly what they want. And you can go ahead and question, well, why would they want that? I I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't. I yeah. can't imagine why you would want either. to bankrupt people. But what's going to happen is when those interest rates go up, and they've gone up, what, four times already this year? And it hasn't had an ounce of effect on inflation. But they think, oh, well, we'll do it again and it must work this time. It's not going to. It's going to cause foreclosures. People are going to lose their homes. They're going to lose everything mm-hmm. they've got. And then the wealthy people that created the housing crisis in the beginning can swoop in and steal up all these other houses that have been have been foreclosed upon or that people had to sell at a loss just because they can't afford their living anymore. Justin Trudeau, Christian Freeland, they're going to let it happen. They want it to happen. This is part of whatever it is that they're planning. Throwing interest rates up three quarters of a point right now is reckless. It is irresponsible. And Tiff Macklem, the head of the Bank of Canada, is a fucking loser. He's, there's just no other way to put it. He's a loser. He's, I think you've said that more than one time on this podcast. He's, he's not even a smart guy. I mean, it'd be one thing if we thought, oh, you know, I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. He thinks of the economy a different way. Let, let's see it through. We all know. The middle class all knows what's going to happen. He doesn't see it. He's, he hasn't had to live off of $60,000 a year in household income. That's the thing, right, is it's not relatable for some people. He doesn't understand yeah. that that's what's going to happen. He doesn't understand people during COVID pulled equity yeah. out of their homes and increased their mortgages because they had to. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's no more money to pull. When you raise interest rates, you're going to fuck a lot of people. Uh, that's interest rates on credit cards and lines of credit, student loans, all those things, all of it mm-hmm. intentionally designed to wear us down. Until we have no money left. There will be rich and poor in this country. And that's the way this is going. A three quarter of a point interest rate increase right now is reckless. It is irresponsible. It is brought to you by people that don't know what they're doing or talking about. 
And Tiff, hey, come on the pod. Let me ask you a fuck a couple of questions. Why don't you come on, Tiff? You idiot. And the federal government's just going to let it happen with zero intervention. In fact, one time somebody stood up and said he'd fire the head of the Bank of Canada. That was Pierre Polyev. And he got shouted down like he was an unpatriotic asshole. There's nothing unpatriotic about questioning that idiot. Nothing unpatriotic about it at all. Everybody should be questioning the Bank of Canada right now. And, and Pierre Polyev is probably going to win at this point. Patrick Brown got disqualified from the race for yeah, conservative leader. I saw that story. I was curious your take on that. Do you even know the full story, though? I mean, this is really just about people that work for campaigns versus people that volunteer for campaigns and people that work for campaigns, how they get paid. This is a payroll issue. This should have been fairly cut and dried. And no matter what, I really don't think Patrick Brown himself knows every single detail of what's going on in in this campaign. It's a massive national coast to coast to coast campaign. Mm-hmm. Who gets paid from which account? I don't know if he knows that. I don't. In the same way, though, I don't expect Justin Trudeau knows the ins and outs of every single department in the country. And that's okay. Nobody expects him to. He has people in charge of these things. But for them to just axe him from the race, to not even float it out there, to not even put out a a little media leak. Something's going on with the Brown campaign. It involves uh, finance and the, the party's considering suspending the race. That, they, they would have been all over that. This would have been stopped. The party wouldn't have embarrassed themselves the way they did. Right now, it is a gong show. And I think that a disservice has been done by pulling Brown out of this race. I don't know if he can get back in, but his lawyer is fucking good. She's exceptional. Mm-hmm. And at this point, if they keep him out of the race and Pierre Polyev wins or Jean Charest wins or Roman Babber wins, they're always going to have an asterisk on that. They're all, let's say they go on to be prime minister. Are they a legitimate prime minister? Because maybe they didn't even deserve to win the leadership of their own party, let alone the general election. So I think that this whole thing could have been handled very, very differently. I, I, I hope Patrick Brown sees that the right thing is done. And if something wrong was done in his campaign, he should acknowledge that and say it was wrong. If something wasn't done wrong and they kicked him out anyway, this is going to explode and be a massive black mark on the the record of the party at a time when they don't need the bad publicity. So it's embarrassing. Uh, I I hope that they sort it out. They should stop doing it as publicly as they are because at this point, they need to get everybody in a room and figure out the way forward and everybody's got to get unified. Otherwise, this is just going to go ugly and it is going to go south and Mm -hmm. uh, you know you can flip all the fucking pancakes at the calgary stampede that you want to that's your nice feel good (laughs) press photo but it's back to reality today everybody and the reality is this whole thing stinks it looks bad but i'm not making any decisions until i hear from brown i want to know what he thinks i i want to hear more details from the party on what happened and that's the part that should be made public not the whole, oh, we made a decision at Tuesday night at 10 o'clock and, and nobody learned about it until the next morning anyway. Not that shit. No, no, no. I mean, get everybody and let's talk out what actually happened in public. Because the members, 600,000 new ones, coast to coast to coast, deserve to know exactly what went on here. And mm-hmm. if they're going to pull somebody from the race, that better be as above board as anything else. Dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure that everything is right, and then come back to the party and say, this is what we found. I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but that's what I would do if I were in charge. Uh, 
you had the cops at your place over the holidays. So I was enjoying a nice, what I thought would be a nice sleep in. It's nice to sleep in, isn't it? Sleeping in for me, by the way, is like 7.30. So, because we're up so early for the uh, for the morning radio show. So I get woken up by my hub letting me know that someone is at the front door. And I check the time and it's 3.45. A.M. A.M. And I'm like, who is that? I thought, honestly, it was a prank. I'm like, oh, this is a prank. It's weird. And But I look to check my security cameras to see what this is all about. And I see a cop standing there with a flashlight, like just looking around the house. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's a scary thing because I had like a million things going through my head, right? I'm like, what's happening? Was, is someone in my house? Is it my house on fire? Did someone die or who died? It was well, my thought. Like, that's who died? What, why else would a cop come to your yeah. house in the middle of the night? You think, oh, fuck, somebody died. And I was driving a car that wasn't mine earlier that day. And I thought, what did I, do? which was perfectly legit. Nothing weird happened there. But I thought, what happened? Did something happen with that car? And, and then they knew I drove it. Like, what is happening right now? So again, a million thoughts. You've talked yourself into a movie plot now. Basically. At this point, I'm thinking, and this is where the, this is where the scary movie begins. So I open the door and I'm thankfully like, like lightly dressed. But again, it's the middle of the night for me. So I'm a little confused. So the cop didn't get a free show or anything? <laughs> no, no. I had some clothes on. But not a ton, but I had some clothes on. So I opened the door a little bit because it also crossed my mind because we do what we do and we hear about these scary scams and things. I'm like, what if it's actually not a cop was my second thought. After I went through all that shit, I'm like, what if this is not actually a cop? But they kept their distance. It was a gentleman. When I opened the door, he he stepped back. So as not to be threatening or anything, I'm sure that they do that. It's the middle of the night. And he asked what my name was. So I told him what my name was. And he said, okay. Somebody from inside the house called 911. And that's when I went, well, what the fuck? Did you, did your girls have access to an old phone or anything? Nobody had access to a phone. I have my cell phone. My husband has his cell phone and, and that's it. So I said, nope. Like I've been, I've been sleeping. So then I thought, well, what if I called 911 in my sleep? Like, I don't know. It was in my name, by the way. That's how I knew it had something to do with me. So I double checked my cell phone. He said, go check your cell phone. Just come back. I said, okay. So I shut the door and locked it. <laughs> just again. Wait outside, pig. I always say, no, <laughs> he was so nice. But I always think the worst, right? So I went and I grabbed my phone and I'm looking at it and looking at it and I show him. I'm like, I have no, no nothing here. I, my last outgoing call was yesterday afternoon. I'm not, nothing weird. And then he said, well, do you have a, a landline, a home phone? And I said, yeah, well, no, I don't. I, my first answer, my instinct was to say no. I said, no. Like, cause I'm, he's asking, oh, did someone get a hold of my landline and call it? No. But then I said, well, technically I do. He's like, oh, I was like, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, I'm wondering too. What do you mean so you technically I have do. a landline? So what happened was when I signed on for the internet and for, uh, my television subscription, what happens is they try to talk you into a home landline as a bundle, because if you get a bundle, you have a deal, right? So for me, it's like, oh yeah, I saved 10% or whatever. Fuck yeah, give me that. I'll, I'll take that too. And I just won't use it. That's where the mistake comes in. Because he told me, even though with no phone attached, so I have a phone number, I couldn't even tell you what it is. So I have a phone number that's associated with my house in my name, no phone attached to it at all. Never has been since we moved in. He says, what happens they find is there's a glitch of some kind that happens and it can actually call out even though there's no phone attached to this it can still call out and sometimes it's emergency numbers and that is probably what happened 
What kind of a telecom mess do we have in this country that a phone that's not even plugged in can phone 911 at 3 o'clock in the morning? Isn't that messed up? That's totally messed up. It's the internal wiring that calls. It's not obviously not a physical phone that dials. It's something in there that glitches and calls out. So under my name, I called 911 at about 3.30 in the morning, and I did not. So they tried to call the number back, and that's when they realized something's off here, but go check it out. And I'm so glad. Can I just also mention, though, I'm so glad that police do check up on those because it could have been any there could have been any type of situation there. So I'm glad that, that he came and, and checked up and, and looked into it. But he told me and he advised me for those who have that. Maybe you're in the same predicament and you're like, that's weird. I do have a number, but I don't use it. He advised me and he advises everybody to cancel that and deactivate it and says it's worth the extra couple bucks you might save a month to deactivate it because this happens. And it's obviously a waste of their resources. And it's not your fault and it's not their fault. I would maybe argue it's a provider's fault somewhere along the line. Here we go again, blaming providers. And Dear way, Rogers. By the way, it wasn't Rogers. I just want to make it clear. It actually wasn't Rogers. So it had nothing to do with Rogers. This happens. So I put it out on my Facebook page because I'm like, this is weird. And I just wanted to know if anyone else has experienced it. Scott, a lot of people have. I'm shocked. I had yeah. no idea this was a thing. I, uh, I don't know how that's even possible. It's crazy that that'll weird. happen. Yeah. But let's get to the important issue here. How does one cancel their landline? This is a whole other story. So I call, okay, it was Belle, all right? It was Belle. Nothing against any of the providers because I honestly don't think any of them have halos over their heads. I really don't. So I call, (laughs) so I call Belle the next morning. I'm like, I'm calling right away. So I called right away. So I got him pretty quickly and got to the point where I could talk about my account. Great, fine. So I said, I'd like to cancel this landline that I have here. I don't even use it. I like to cancel. Well, yeah, but you've got a bundle deal here. I see. But why would you want to cancel it? So let me tell you the story. Even after I completed the entire story and how the cops showed up at my house, the police officer advised me to cancel it. I still got the, well, we could just change the number. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter what the number is, lady. It doesn't matter what the number is. I'm telling you this is what happened. Well, you know what we could do here? I've got a great idea to keep this going, but we could... No! Stop! I had... Like, it, it took a long time It's for like me. quitting the gym. Oh, my God. It's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just... It was... Uh, I didn't want to be mean cat. I didn't. I'm always very nice. Very nice person. But at a certain point, I cut... Actually, several times. I had to cut her off and say, are you going to do this for me or not? Do it now. So she did eventually. So finally I did. I deactivated it. And I did do recommend to people that you do it too, because it could happen to you. And according to the Facebook messages I got, the DMs I got, this happens. What I don't understand about the landline is, and, and I get that they've invested a lot of money in creating a national infrastructure of landlines. Fine. But we keep adding area codes, particularly in Ontario. We're adding them all the time because mm-hmm. we're out of numbers. So you have to create another area code. There's a lot of people, thousands, that have a landline, like yourself, that don't even have a phone plugged into it. They took the landline Mm -hmm. so they could get a cheaper deal on cable. And what I'm wondering is, why does the cell phone companies or the phone companies in general try so aggressively to push a landline on you when clearly nobody wants them to the point where Mm -hmm. it'll cost you more to not have one? It's business. And it goes back to the monopoly, knowing that they have all those numbers. That Bell, for example, can say, this is how many people we have subscribed. Think about it. Like, how many households are subscribed? Yeah, but most of them don't use it, probably. Not, you know I, what I mean? I and, don't know a single person that has thing. a landline that's under 70 years old. Not one. Yeah, like that actually uses it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the businesses will use it, and that's about it. But they want the numbers. They want to be able to say, oh, 4 million people. 
use our us when the truth is it's probably closer to 2.6 million for example that's what they want that's all it is that's it it's a business that's it it's a weird business model pay more if you try and take less it's strange to me and i don't understand how we got to this point here's the other point that doesn't make sense to me is now we have police officers wasting time and resources which is money out of our pockets but it's still okay for them to continue doing this so where does where does the law actually should come in, perhaps, right? We should take a bigger look at all of this and go, what are we doing here? Because if this can happen, and it does happen, he told me it happens regularly. He says he's on these calls constantly. This happens. Hmm. Businesses, too. Like, they, people show up in the middle of the night to businesses, or not even the middle of the night, any time of day. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, I had a... Yeah, what happened to you yesterday? Oh, fuck. It was so frustrating. So my son is a lacrosse player, for those who don't know, and he had a game last night at the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena, which is in Six Nations, Hagersville, Caledonia, that Mm -hmm. area, for those who don't know where the uh, Six Nations is. So we decided we would carpool because it's not far, but it's also not close. It's about 45 minutes away. Drive there. I dropped him off, but he has to be there much earlier than I have to be there as a fan. So I decided... Well, since I'm in town, I might as well go and get some cheap gas. Gas is $1.61 a liter. Nice. In the, uh, on the reservation right now. So I went and I got gas. I went to Tim Hortons. I got a coffee. Running around, just doing some errands. I grabbed a, a sub and I thought, okay, good. I'm going to sit. I'm going to have a coffee and a sandwich. Then it'll be closer to when it's time to go in and watch the game. On my very last stop, put the car in park, got out. Did my business, came back to the truck, turned it on. It wouldn't come out of park. And I thought, huh, I've heard of this happening before when your car is stuck in park. And I knew that there was a little lever somewhere in there. It's in a different place on every car. But there is a way you can release it to get it out of park. I took my center console apart. Did you? With no tools, by the way. Good for you trying to do it by yourself. Yeah. DIY'd it, eh? Exactly. And I found the little button I was supposed to press. I pressed it, and sure enough, it came out of park. But nothing happened. The car didn't start moving. So that's when I phoned our friend, Paul, the mechanic. Paul's great. (laughs) It was funny. He had some, um, uh, we'll call them high-profile people over at his place having a pool party. I phoned him, and I'm like, dude... I'm in Six Nations right now, and my car won't move. I need you to fix the car. <laughs> and to his credit, he, he dropped what he was doing, and he walked me through it. He said, okay, so uh, based on what you've told me, here's what I think went on. There's a, a cable that attaches from your gear shift in the car to your transmission under the car. you got to climb under the car and find out if it's still attached. So I jacked up my car, climbed under the car, There's the cable just there dangling. Now it does clip in, but there's a little teeny tiny plastic piece that holds it in. That's what had broken. Oh, darn it. Now we're out of my, this, we've exhausted everything that I can do on my own. So he phoned a friend that was in the area. That friend came along and he's like, so here's what we're going to have to do. We need to manually put the car in drive. So you need to keep your foot on the brake. Don't take your foot off the brake or you'll kill me, but you need to keep your foot on the brake. <laughs> Jeez. Talk about pressure. I was, oh my God. I put my foot on the brake a hundred times while I'm driving and I was not sweating from it like I was this time. Like, oh my God, what if I get a leg cramp or something? 
totally unrealistic uh, fears, but sure. I was worried about running the fucker over. Yeah. So anyway, he's under the car and he's like, okay, so in a second, you're going to hear a little click. Your car is going to be in reverse. Again, though, don't take your foot off the brake <laughs> until stress. I'm out from under the car. I stress this point. Do not. <laughs> so he put it in reverse, made sure he was clear. I backed it up. Then we had to start the whole process over again because that was just to get it in reverse. I then had to drive home. So he goes back under the car, pop, pop, boom. All right, now you're in drive. Go home and then just leave it there. And Paul, the mechanic, will follow up with you tomorrow. He'll probably be able to replace that little part in the driveway. It's not a big deal. And I thought, okay, good, good, good. Thank you. This was great. I appreciate all your help. So I drove from Six Nations back to Burlington, pulled into my driveway, and then I realized, how do you get in park? Fuck, I need somebody to keep the car because now I had to go under the car to flick it into park. Can't even get your keys out unless the car is in park. Oh, geez. Nobody was home. I had to wait 15 minutes for one of my lazy neighbors to finally come home on a Sunday night. <laughs> lazy neighbors. So I could get one of them to stick their leg in the car and hold the brake down while I went under the car to flick it into park. Have you ever just thought of getting a new car? I know. I know. That's a, yeah. This. Uh, How old is this car? So here's the thing. I've had this truck. Uh-huh. It, it was the, the most expensive thing I'd ever bought at that point. Uh-huh. But uh, I bought this truck in 2008. There it is. It's a 2006. There we go. It has 380,000 kilometers uh-huh. on it. Uh-huh. And when you have it in four-wheel drive, you can actually see the gas gauge moving yeah, slowly I towards know. empty. That thing's got to go. It does have that to go. That thing's got to go. I don't want to let go. I don't want to let go let because it go. it's been such a good truck. No, let it go. And if they don't build them like that anymore, <laughs> this thing is, it's a <laughs> truck. It, it'll haul anything. I'll give you a fact. They do build cars that go from park to reverse to drive. <laughs> That's the, so what you're saying is not true. They do build them better. You're right. They don't build them like that anymore. It gets better. I promise. It was uh, it was just weird to get to my home and pull into my that driveway. That is weird. That is a weird thing. Hey, neighbor. Here's well, the thing. And here's well, here's the thing. I drove first in or uh, nose first into the driveway. I couldn't even back up to try and see when neighbors were coming home. I was in my driveway and I had to sort of listen for cars. Oh and then God. I it, people probably thought I was stuck under the car because once I pulled in, I'm still sitting there with my foot on the brake because I can't put it in park. And I'm yelling, Mike, <laughs> Mike, I need help. Come here. Did you try putting the e-brake on to see if it would stay still or it, didn't want to roll that dice? It wouldn't stay perfectly still. Uh, yeah. And then I thought. Well, I could just like nose it up against the shed and the shed will prevent it from going anywhere. And then I had this <laughs> weird vision that it was just yeah. going to collapse like yeah. a cartoon. No, that could have ended badly. I think as annoying as it was, you did the right thing there. But I'm pretty impressed with myself. It took two people that both knew what they were doing, but they were able to talk me through how to do it. Did you actually see the game? No, I never made it <laughs> to the game. No. In Why fact, does this always happen to you? I don't you're know. Not making these games. I know it's insane. In fact, I had to phone my girlfriend to come from Burlington to go and pick him up at the game oh. because once I got it in drive, I had to just fucking go. You couldn't stop again. I couldn't stop no, again. No, you might kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had gas because that was going to be the next issue: is pull into the gas station and you can't put your car in park. So what you're telling me is, when the cop showed up to my house, it could have easily been. Do you know Scott Fong? <laughs> I've got news. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I will say, though, 
when you're out driving, if God forbid you have car problems, you're pretty well screwed. You pull off on the side of the road and you you call CAA or your mechanic or whoever you call and you just wait and that's fine. People just keep blowing by you. In, in the Six Nations Reserve there, three different people stopped to see if I was okay and see oh, if I needed help. That's really nice. Or see if I wanted to borrow any tools or anything. Wow. Just the nicest, kindest. It was so great that, well, none of them could help me, but they at least tried. <laughs> Whereas I feel like anywhere else, it's like, ah, look at that fucker on the side of the road. Sucks to be him. Yeah. So it was good that people helped. That is nice. One more thing I want to get to. This came up in the news this morning, and I'm not quite sure how I feel about it. So help me get through this. A new poll says two-thirds of adults now think it's okay to just eat dips straight out of the bowl with a spoon. Without veggies to dip or tortilla chips to dip or a pita to dip or, or toast, whatever. They want to get like a dip. Maybe it's dip from chips or a hummus or tzatziki, something like that, and just eat it with a spoon right then and there. Two-thirds of adults? 63% says it's something they have done or would do. 62% believe it's time. To make it socially acceptable now whoa, to just whoa, sit whoa. down with a fucking jar of salsa and a spoon and have at it. Can I just say it does depend on what we're talking about here. Because when you say dip, there's a million different things you could be talking about. You could be talking about uh, anything from hummus to ranch, I suppose, to uh, guacamole. There are some things that are a little more acceptable. If you put a little thing of guacamole in front of me and said, Kat, I don't have any chips, but you got to try this guacamole. I'd probably take a spoon to that guacamole and I'd eat it as is. No problem. Because it's avocado. It's a salad. Fuck it. So I would eat it. But if you did the same thing to me and said, Kat, uh, I got a great ranch, I don't know, queso dip here, whatever the fuck it is. Ranch and queso. I don't know. Oh my God. Some form of queso concoction. I probably would not. So to me, it depends on what it is. But I wouldn't purposely go out of my way to eat it. Like, what what do people want? To eat it out of the container? Like, just open up that... Crack open that summer fresh dip and just eat it. That's what people want to yeah, be able to do. No, no, no. Nobody's around when you do that, right? I, I assume. I assume you do, you do not let anyone know you do that. Do you want other people to know that so. you eat dip with a spoon? I mean, what's next? I, you know what? I've always thought that salad was unnecessary. Just go right to the dressing and drink it right out of the fucking bottle. Yeah. Crack open a Renee's and have at her. <laughs> uh. The best things to pair with dips, they say, are tortilla chips, veggies, potato chips, and pita bread. Okay. And, they, and, and they asked people, well, what kind of dips are you using here? The number one answer was salsa, followed by guacamole. Spinach and artichoke dip was number three, wildly popular, followed by queso, buffalo chicken dip, and then hummus. Hmm. I love hummus. It's one of my favorite things hummus to eat. Hummus is great. It's ground up chickpeas. I don't know why you couldn't eat that with a spoon, although that's not what it was intended to do. Right. But when we're getting into, you just went out and bought a, a, a the plastic container of Lay's dip that yeah. you're supposed to put like the chips a, in. Like Ruffles sour cream. Yeah. Gr- it, gross. It, if you want to sit down and just eat that with a spoon, I have many, many, many more questions for you. Like, why? Yeah. It was intended to complement what you were dipping in it, yeah. not to replace what you're dipping in it. Yeah, it's not soup. Like, what are you doing? They say 
48% of us have eaten the whole container of dip ourselves in one sitting. Wow. That's one of those things that you get to the bottom of that. You're like, uh, what did I just do? I'm a f- uh, yeah, you feel like a bit of an asshole, don't you? Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So with hummus, for example, if I have a, maybe I'll grab, if I'm really feeling like snacking, here's what I'll do. I'll grab a couple of pitas. I'm going to throw them in the oven for about five minutes on 350 just to get them warm, but not crispy. Then I'm going to grab some scissors and I'm going to cut it up into triangles and I'm going to dip the shit out of those into some hummus. (laughs) Maybe some tzatziki as well. To me, that's a fantastic snack and I can live with myself. But if I ate two pitas and all of the hummus, hummus. like I'm just, there's nothing else I can do. Like I feel like I should just drive right to the doctor and say, there's something wrong with me, dude. I just ate two pitas and a whole fucking thing of hummus. Like- what, what is that? What, what, what happened? What made me do that? That's when you should hide I be talking it. to a doctor yeah. or a psychologist? <laughs> That's when you hide it, right? Like, imagine you did that. Like, would you not hide that container from your girlfriend? Yeah, like, it goes right in the recycling he, bin in the garage. Totally. Because she'd open the fridge and she'd be like, I thought that we just bought new hummus. Did we not just buy hummus? Did I forget? Did I forget to buy the hummus? I swear. Yeah, you must have forgot. Yeah, Fuck I don't know what happened idiot. to that. Fuck. <laughs> well, Go to the store and get Add some. it to your list for next time, please. <laughs> don't forget it, okay? You know, I've suffered enough with no hummus here. <laughs> And here's you just willy-nilly walking through the grocery store forgetting shit. Fuck. <laughs> You're diabolical if you try and pin that on your partner. That's so mean. But I mean, the hummus, again, I can live with it because it's, it's mainly there's healthy. Protein. There's protein in there. That, like to me, if there's a lot of protein and, and or even like a decent amount of the food groups in it, uh, you know what? It's a pass for me. What about salsa? People will sit there with a spoon and eat the whole jar of salsa. I don't get that. I don't get that. What What are you doing? Yeah. Just, why don't you just, instead of an apple, grab a tomato and yeah. just eat it like an apple. I, I don't understand why someone would do that. Some people like ranch so much, they probably eat ranch straight up, which I know is a dressing. Some people use it as a dip. Some people just a dressing. But I know people who love it enough that they probably drink it. The spinach and artichoke dip, as I mentioned earlier, was quite popular. Yeah. Are there people who will go... And either make it or buy it and eat the whole thing in one sitting. Because what this is saying is 48% yeah. of people will. Maybe. Really? Well, though, in their minds, though, they're going, well, there's vegetables and spinach and artichokes. <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> Queso. Liquid cheese. Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's <laughs> a, that doesn't surprise me at all if people do it. By the way, if you take queso like, and mix it with salsa, dynamite. Sure. But I I'm mean, not going to eat the whole jar. But that would be two but if, jars. If you think about it this way, if you but if you warm that up, let's say you warm that up in a bowl and then grabbed a spoon, it's kind of like a cheese soup, isn't it? Like some people do that shit. Some people melt cheese and eat it. That's an up north thing, you weirdos. My, Who does? My that? husband's family's from up north. That they'll do it. They'll just melt cheese curds specifically because curds are good. I get it. Melt it and eat it. That's a that's a snack. Oh dear. It's a lot. It's oh a lot dear. of cheese. We are so divided as a nation. It's just awful. Indeed. Uh, Have a a fantastic Monday, everybody. Uh, We will be back with a brand new episode of After 9 tomorrow. I don't know how this week is going to shape up. I don't know if Dave's coming on on Friday. I would think he is, but he's also on vacation sometimes here, there, and everywhere. Mm -hmm. But either way, we're on all week. So hit subscribe. Tell a friend After 9 is back. And we will see you tomorrow. Yeah. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.